Delivering great-tasting product to your customers is important. Saving energy, space, and improving operational efficiencies is good for your bottom line. A perfect choice for convenience retailers, Adande Refrigeration's patented modular units deliver so many efficiencies, it's no wonder brands such as Sheets and Get-Go are installing these temperature-stable, hold-the-cold fridges across their U.S. food courts. When it comes to refrigeration, convenience is at the very heart of Adande Refrigeration. Learn how you can excel in food service, save time, space, and energy with Adande Refrigeration at adande.co.uk or adande.com. Professionals in the know, choose Adande. You're listening to Shop Talk Live, the podcast, brought to you by Global Convenience Store Focus. Shop Talk Live is a unique video and podcast series featuring senior retail executives in the global convenience, fuels, and mobility retail industry, hosted by Dan Munford and Carolyn Schneer. Welcome to Shop Talk Live, the podcast. I'm Carolyn Schneer here in the U.S., and we're kicking off 2024 with a fantastic U.S. retailer that's just north of me here in the Northeast United States. And before I jump to our guest, the way I met Adi is through talking to him about the best EV hub in the world competition that Global Convenience Store Focus and Insight Research are running. And it was really cool to hear what Adi's company is doing, as well as many other retailers throughout the world, Norway, uh, Europe, mobility movement that the world is experiencing. And we're going to talk to Adi a little bit about that. But if you want to hear more or check out the EV Hub competition, go to our website at globalconvenienceStorefocus.co.uk. Learn all about that. And as we roll further into 2024, you'll be able to vote for those best hubs. So I'm going to talk a little bit about more about that later in other podcasts, but I'd like to bring on our guest today. Adi Dandania is the CEO of Neon Marketplace up in Rhode Island, which is in the Northeast United States, as I mentioned earlier. Welcome, Adi. Hi, Carolyn. Great to be here. Well, thanks for joining me. Um, at, for some of our listeners who aren't quite familiar with your company yet, which they will be soon more, um, can you tell us a little bit about Neon Marketplace? Absolutely. So Neon Marketplace is an energy marketplace. We designed this concept about three years ago in the Northeast of the United States. We have nine locations currently, and we span between Rhode Island and Massachusetts, the two states in the Northeast that are contiguous. And we are a company that's focused on building for the future. And what I mean by that is we are building a business that caters to the convergence of fuel, EV charging, fast food at affordable prices and high quality, and on-the-go merchandise and groceries. So it's truly a one-stop shop here in the Northeast of the U.S., and we're excited to bring this concept to the market and really be the hub for where we see the future of mobility moving, which is transitioning away from fuel into EV. And we've designed our stores, our layout, our parking lots, and our amenities to cater to that audience. That's really unique um, and unique to the U.S. at least. Um, that's EV charging is something, well, everybody in the world is still getting on board with, but especially here in the U.S. for multiple, multiple reasons. Um, but before we get into that, explain a little bit about, and you started into this on how Neon came about, but you have a lot of um, world-class retailers up in that area. And we went to visit with uh, Insight Tours back in late 2023 and you have some really 
strong competition up there. Um, and some that are, you know, as you would in the U.S., typical gas stations, but a lot of really strong food service um, convenience stores. You have uh, Dunkin' Donuts, which is a huge coffee retailer around the world, but especially in that neck of the woods. Uh, you can't you can't go anywhere without seeing Ben Affleck talking with his Boston accent about Dunkin'. But um, how do you compete in such a sea of sameness there? How are you standing out in your marketplace? And um, what are your your claims to fame? Absolutely. So, Caroline, look, we are a company that's bringing a lot of different aspects that different competitors in the area have specialized on in one location. And we tend to provide an exceptional customer journey and great customer experience for all those that shop at Neon. We have locations in prime spots throughout the states that we operate in. And we are all about the future of convenience, right? So our locations cater to on-the-go customers who are looking to stop by, have a quick bite to eat or grab some food or merchandise on the way home, and those who might be on the road traveling to the next destination and want to just come in for a charge and sit down, use the internet, have a nice atmosphere in which they can have some food and or use the restroom. So look, the competition is definitely here, but we believe that we've built something that's unique and that's different, and we are focused on what we think the future would hold in terms of how convenience as as an industry will shift. Our competition in the area are what I would call very traditional. Many are introducing food service now, but we started with a food first mentality. Some of our locations you walk into, you will be greeted with a brick oven pizza, right? In some locations we have massive seating area available where you might have a cafe, you have a seating area and you have very good restrooms and clean restrooms that that I believe that our EV customers, our customers generally who are having food, will want to be able to access. So our thought and our our sort of approach to this is we welcome competition and we think that, you know, the more companies start to transition and think about how the future customers would like to shop, the better this area would be. And we we compete based on our location and our services that we offer. So speaking of location, um, Rhode Island, when we talk about the state of Rhode Island, is is the one of the smallest, if not the smallest state in the United States. So um to to the area where you guys are, you're mostly suburban. And even by suburban standards, you're pretty much urban. Um, a lot of interstates, uh highways, if you will. Um, are you on a lot of commuter routes as well? We absolutely are. And you're right. So our locations are suburban and urban in, in Rhode Island. And we tend to find locations that are right off an exit or on a major road that commuters use every day. And as you know, in, in retail, it's it's a common saying that location is very important. It's location, location, location. And so when it comes to competition, so long as you have a very good product and an offering and great locations, and you can provide great customer experience and service, you can do very well. And that's that's what we are trying to do. And we're trying to build our presence in communities by being there and offering something to our neighbors and commuters every day. So you you touched a little on food service. I wanted to dig into that a little bit. Um, now on your website, the food looks incredible. Um, you mentioned brick oven pizza, which is 
really huge up in that neck, that area of, of the country. Pizza is pretty competitive. Although as a as a Jersey girl, I have to say I'm I'm pretty you know partial to New York style pizza. Um, but can you talk about the food service, um, the impetus behind designing such food service? Are you looking for people to come and stay? Are you looking for a lot of takeaway or a mix of both? We're looking for a mix of both, right? What we started seeing as we were studying this space is there is truly that convergence where you may want to walk in, grab a bite to eat, and also grab some groceries and or merchandise for, for going home, right? And as we started seeing cafes evolve into more of a cafe with some convenience and convenience stores trying to offer some food, it was clear to us that and, and to add to what we've seen around Europe as well, it was clear that, that having a location where you can serve good quality food that's consistent and at fast pace and affordable would make a lot of sense, right? For a customer to just stop by in that one location, get their food, get their grocery and merchandise, fuel up or charge their cars and leave so they're not making multiple stops. So truly focusing on, on the word convenience. And we've spent a lot of time, money, and resources in building out a very solid food offering. We want to be a food-first company. As you alluded to our website, there's a lot about food. You have a very good online ordering experience that's available. And we believe that the more we can cater to that customer that's on the go and can serve their food needs, um, we, we would stand out from competition and we would be the only company that offers that sort of food offering with all the other things that I talked about in one location at a convenient uh, sort of destination. So one of the things I think you and I talked about previously um, when we talked at the end of last year, we talked about um, regionalization of that food too. And I know that you're in um, a heavily uh, Portuguese area, Portuguese American area in some parts of Rhode Island, right outside of Fall River in Massachusetts and whatnot. Our locations are definitely in, some ethnic areas, you have Portuguese community, you have the Italian community, you have lots of different communities that, that we serve. And look, from our standpoint, we have all the common things that we believe our customers are looking for. We really focus on the pizza. We've launched a new dollar menu, which, which we think is super exciting for those who are looking for some quick finger food at our locations. We have those as well. And we try to listen to our customers in different demographics to see what they are looking for. So our locations do cater to the local market, if you will, right? So we have a stable menu that's pretty consistent. But as we go from one area to the other, and as you rightly alluded, Carolyn, in some areas we may have a different offering because our customers are asking for that. And we want to be that destination where people come and eat food. And as you are aware, New England or the Northeast of the United States um, Competition for food is pretty high, and there is still that sort of stigma that when you see fuel pumps outside, that you don't want to eat at a gas station, right? It's much different than what you see in New Jersey and down south, or even to the west of the country. But we're trying to challenge that stigma with, with what we're offering. And we're working on building for that future where people would feel comfortable that you get good quality food at affordable prices that you could access conveniently. That's really important, I think. And um, that actually leads me to another question that I had for you about design, store design. Now, you um, 
based on everything you've told me now and, and what I've seen is it's you, you really focused on making sure both the inside and the outside are very inviting. So talking specifically about the inside of this store, um, describe to me what a, one of your stores would look like in the inside and, and why you went that direction. Absolutely. So we are a startup, right? We started three years ago and we've toyed around with a few different concepts. And what we realized when we first started was we wanted to start with food being the center, as I've talked about a few times today, that was our focus in being a food first company. So some of our locations that were our older prototypes, if you will, you walk in, you're invited with a big food offering. So you cannot miss it. You will see an open flame, you will see a brick oven pizza, and it's very inviting and you can order your food right there. And then you have merchandise, coffee on the two sides, and then bathrooms in the corners. Uh, our newer concepts, what we've done is we've put food, our cafe, the marketplace cafe, onto the left side of the store. We have a designated seating area, and then we have merchandise onto the right side of the store. So we have two different prototypes that we've designed, um, and we, we do believe both are unique in, in their individual aspects. Uh, we like the concept where you have a sort of quiet area for food. So you're not interrupted for those who are coming in, grabbing something on the go and leaving. And so I think our future concepts would be more dependent on having a designated food area, which is very welcoming. You can sit down, relax, use the internet and, and do your work while you're having your meal. And then for those who are in a rush, getting in, trying to get something on the go, they can go access the right side of the store. That's really interesting. And I've seen that in um, many of the states, especially down here by me. We had um, Dash In uh, stores on here in 2023 over the summer on on one of the podcasts. And they do the same thing. All Town Fresh, which is up in your neck of the woods, has a very similar concept. But I think to your point of um, you have different consumers. You have some that are there to, to sit and stay. You have some that are just passing through, some that are traditionalists, if you will, who just need to grab a drink, go to the restroom and and head on their their merry way. And then there's some who really are going to go through the experience. And I think my guess, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but you want to convert all of those folks to that. You want them to go on the, do what they need to do in the morning on their way to work, come home, stay as long as you want, grab some dinner, stay a while, come back tomorrow, do it all over again. And um, I think a lot of retailers here in the U.S. at least are going that direction. So as you move forward into your next, pro this is a prototype stores, um, I love how you're testing and learning as you go. So as you move forward, do you see more going that direction or more staying in the traditional early um, prototype route? Definitely. So we are learning every day, Carolyn, because this is, as I said, a very new concept for the area, right? And our competition, as I alluded to earlier, are more the traditional convenience stores that you see. So what we have sort of agreed on, at least from the recent learnings we've had, that we will move forward. Any of our larger locations, if you will, would have the food area and the merchandise area being separate because our customers do enjoy having the privacy and having the comfort of not being rushed while they're having their meal. So we often see our customers come in for lunch, they sit down and they want to be relaxed, right? Because you're probably at work and you left work to come for food. And so you just want to have your own quiet space. And so we want to offer that to them. We've put plants around our food area just to make it very inviting and welcoming and, and give that sort of atmosphere within the store. 
while there are customers who are on the go and want to get in, use the restroom, grab a coffee and leave, right? So we want to cater to both. And we do believe that the latest prototype is the way to go for us. We're also quite interested in building out a, our food first concept by having smaller food only locations, right? In high traffic areas, because we do believe that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, having a lot of those little sort of kiosk type locations where we can serve our food and get it to the customers would enable them to not only shop with us, but also remind them that when they see these big locations and massive corners of an exit, that you can go in there and be having a nice meal while fueling up or charging your cars. That's really interesting. And I'm looking forward to hearing more and seeing more about that as, as that starts to roll out. So keep in touch on that angle for sure. And one of the things we started with and and also continuing to the same journey of where are we going at this customer journey um, was electric vehicles. Now you seem to be tackling your, your retail uh, strategy, if you will, with um, electrification in mind. So can you tell me a little bit more about what you're thinking is there and starting out as well as what you're seeing as you start to roll out those chargers? Absolutely. So look, we were one of the first companies in the area where we launched our stores with superchargers with Tesla, right? So our locations are pretty large size lots where we had multiple Tesla superchargers, right? Everywhere that we were allowed or we could get zoning in time. Most of our locations have that today. And we started to cater to that audience because when you're on a busy road and you know if you know the geography here there's a lot of traffic between new york and boston right and our locations are on that sort of major interstate and we have customers who need to stop to charge and we wanted to be that destination for them to charge and as we had that in mind that in the future people will be having electric cars and there'll be a lot more on the roads not only do we want to have charging slots available. We want to have that customer experience for them to come in because electric cars still take about 20 to 30 minutes on a supercharger to charge, right? So what are you going to do for those 20 to 30 minutes? We want to have a very nice restroom for you to use. So we spend a lot of money and time in designing our restrooms. We have a food offering. We have high-speed internet available for them. And so it's very welcoming. You could be sitting, looking out the window. We have clear windows in, in our store, so you could be sitting there taking a phone call if, if you choose to or working on your laptop or, or your tablet while you're having coffee or a meal and your car is charging. So do all of your stores have Tesla superchargers right now? Majority of our stores have it. And in a couple of our stores, we're working on getting the sort of permissions necessary to get Tesla superchargers in. As you know, it's a pretty long process to get that, but we have it in seven of the nine locations. Uh, sorry, I correct myself. Six of the nine locations we have today. Okay. So actually, that that if, if you don't mind, I wanted to ask real quick, because I think that's something that's hindering. Um, well, I know that's something that's hindering development of electric charging here in the U.S. is the, the process, if you will. And I'm not talking Tesla. I'm talking about city, state, local, whatever. Um, regulations is how hard is that process to really get those EV chargers or charging or even permitting in place? It is quite a process and it's town 
and city dependent, as you would know, Caroline, right? So in our situation, we've had to go through this for a good portion of a year, in some cases, a couple of years to be authorized. Because if you want superchargers, right, it's a different electric connection that you need into the store or into your property. And you have to go through zoning and you have to go through the town or city and state regulations for that, right? So it's, it's a process and we spend the time and we made the investment in getting those approvals. And we had a good partner in Tesla who wanted to expand with us. So we were able to do that. We're now also looking at chargers that work for other vehicles. Obviously, Tesla will be opening up their chargers to other vehicles, as we've heard in several announcements. But we're also seeing new companies that have superchargers available that have more of a standard charging port, right, that could be used for other EVs. So we're looking at some of those. And in some of the locations that don't currently have the Tesla chargers, we're working through getting the infrastructure in place. Um, but sometimes what happens is we can't time it right because you might have your store up and running because we're building these ground up. And you obviously have got the store up and running, but permissions and zoning, et cetera, are still going through the process on the EV infrastructure side. So it is a learning. It's a learning for us every time we go to a new town or regulation, but we we feel very good that having done it so many times now in different towns and cities around New England and working with our development teams and our construction teams, we now know how to lay these things out and stripe the parking lots and or give the right amount of space necessary for charging infrastructure. Now, that reminded me of something that we talked about, and that was um, how some of your stores are set up for like a drive-through, if you will, you talked, um, you told me about a fascinating idea that I haven't heard anywhere before about having a walk-up window. Tell me a little more about that. Yeah, we, we've built drive-throughs in a lot of our locations. And again, this was again, thinking about the future and being a food first company, right? So as we start working with increased adoption of our food program, we knew that in the future we would need drive-throughs. So you don't want to build a box and then have to break it a few years later and add a drive-through, which is a very expensive and a difficult process. Not only do you have to deal with zoning and other complications, but it's also a costly process. We've added drive-throughs in our locations where feasible. And what we thought of doing was making it a walk-up window for Tesla customers. So, you know, we have a pretty nice lot. We have, you know, a seating area, especially in the summer, people want to be outside. They've had a long ride and they may not want to be back in the store. So we have almost like picnic benches available uh, for them to sit and or have their pet, you know, be outside while they're charging their cars. So what we did was we've, we have a QR code that you can scan and you can order. And it knows that based on the QR code that it was in order for a pickup through the walk-up window, if you will. And as you are addressing your needs are having your pet in, in our garden, if you will. You can walk up when the food is ready. It'll text you that your food is ready. You can go up to the walk-up window, grab the food, and sit in one of the benches and enjoy the sun and enjoy the weather and eat um, before you get back on the road. So that was the sort of thought and concept. We've put it in a location to try and see how it goes. We got some good feedback initially when we launched it, and we're hoping that this spring and summer when the weather is better over here in New England, that a lot more people will take advantage of it. 
that's really cool. As as you can probably heard earlier, I have a dog and he would love to do something like that, uh, coming and visiting that, especially off of a long road trip. And you guys are located along a lot of beaches um, and, and parks in New England. Absolutely gorgeous in the, well, usually absolutely gorgeous in the summertime and springtime, although in the winter, a little chilly to be walking up to a window. So, uh, so they're certainly uh, heading in the store for sure. So as we close out the episode what's next do you 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 see um total nationwide domination here for neon are you gonna stick local or where do you see yourself in the next five or so years yeah five years is a long time carolyn and a lot can change but i'll tell you that our focus is being local for now we understand this market well and we've learned a lot over the last two or three years that we've been operating we understand the customer and every place you go you have to appreciate the customer dynamics and the customer journeys so we're trying to learn and do the best job we can in this area. We understand this area from real estate and zoning and permitting standpoint as well, which is a huge benefit to us. And we want to keep growing our brand here so that we can start exploring again how we expand out of the areas we're in today. But there's a lot to do just between Rhode Island and Massachusetts, and we'll continue to stay focused on that for now. Well, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to continuing to follow your growth. Um, I look forward to seeing more about uh, Neon in the best EV hub in the world uh, competition as well. And I'm going to put some photos up on our website. I'll put some links in the show night show notes as well so everyone can check out your store online. And if you're ever up uh, between New York and Boston, go ahead and stop in and see one of these stores or seven or nine of them, especially if you have an EV charger, you'll find them on a Tesla map for sure. So Adi, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure learning more about you and about Neon Marketplace. And I look forward to meeting you and seeing some of your stores in person. That's great, Kelly. Great to be here on the show with you and excited to talk about our story. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to tell you more about what we're doing. Well, thanks again. And thank you so much for listening to Shop Talk Live. Thank you for listening to Shop Talk Live, the podcast. This episode was produced by Dan Munford and Nick Scherzer with support from Jenna Ferguson and Lorraine Evans. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Carolyn Schneer, and music was provided by Wolfgang Worley. Tune in every other week for new episodes, and please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and learn more at globalconveniencestorefocus.co.uk.